Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Art and Labor. Um, we are the podcast dedicated to the ongoing struggle to survive as an art and or cultural worker. Sorry, we don't record very much anymore, but <laughs> we are back with our good friend and uh, fourth mic, official fourth mic oh. of Art and Labor. <laughs> Eric Kostick Williams. Hi. Eric. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm um I'm so excited to finally do this because we've been talking about doing this for like a month. And you know, because um we, you know, are so booked and so blessed. Um <laughs> it's been tough to do it. Um I know, but I'm glad sense. we're doing it now. Yeah, me too. I mean, my sense of time is kind of whack. Um, yes. That it still feels like I just saw you last week, but that was actually like a month ago now. It's kind of fucked. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> fucked. Uh, it's kind of fucked how much everything is happening. Um, hoping to record a, uh, with Lucia soon too, because it's also like, Fine Art World is back. They take a whole month off of August. Oh yeah, and it's kind of it's the it's what it's like. August in New York City is one of my absolute favorite times of year. Um, yeah, you know, it's you, fun to visit in August. It feels just like party time and kind of like not chill because yeah. the city's never chill, but right. I don't know. Yeah, I love the vibes. It's good. It's it's just like everyone is hanging out and it just feels like all of the fucking nerds are are gone and fucked off to like Florida or their <laughs> like second homes in wherever the fuck, not the city, like the Hamptons or wherever the fuck right. they go. And um there's like really cool weird shows and group shows that happen um in August where the galleries are just like fuck it. We'll give our <laughs> we'll give, no one, we'll give our no one will notice. Let's sneak this weird <laughs> shit in. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so. I love art world in August. I think it's funny. Um, but yeah, there's oh, yeah. like no money in it, really. <laughs> right, and now it's all like back. Like I saw through someone yeah. I follow that like the Armory show just happened. Um, yes. Yes. Where this one artist I follow is like me and my me and my rich interior designer mom collaborated on this installation where I'm doing portraits of rich people for two days. Cool. Like work, I love diva. I love the fucking 18th century again, dude. It uh, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah so yeah an under an under uh reported or understood thing about like how disease spreads in this in the early fall and summer and summer times is because of the traveling of the art world no <laughs> and we've talked about it on this show during covid if you go back in those episodes you can hear us talk about how like um there's a like um like people talk always talk about things being super spreader events, but like a true, really fucked up, like totally preventable super spreader event was um Basel of I wanna say like twenty twenty one or some some I forget exactly the timing. Oh, shit. But it's like, now like you mention like it. That. There were like I remember like art friends of mine had all been going to like art things in different cities in like February twenty twenty. 
I blame yeah. them squarely on everything that happened. No. Um, I mean, <laughs> they're the ones with the mobility to fucking spread things internationally. That's like the way it is. That's how the whole world, that's how the whole fucking operation runs. That's why the whole operation runs because oh of God. the access to the international into market. some bad quotable moments already. <laughs> look, look, look. It's not our world. We're in comics, baby. We're one step removed. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And uh, yeah, what a journey we've been on this past month. <laughs> but, you know, comics, I think I think it's cool that they're a little more stringent about trying to keep people safe at these festivals. Yes. Um, um, so I was like so, I mean, the first big thing we want to talk about today is FlameCon that ha- that I was in town for last month. And yes. the first thing I really noticed in the emails, because I exhibited at it, uh, they sent out an exhibitor email saying that face masks and proof of vax even would be mandatory, um, which I was very like pleasantly surprised to see. Because um, yeah. for TCAF in the spring, they made exhibitors wear masks but for guests since they did it at the public library they couldn't really force visitors to wear masks um so you know and i don't i'm not like i'm not like super intensely moralist about that stuff as someone who like goes out dancing and and whatnot but um there are just like so many people breathing the same air over like eight hour stretches during those shows that it's nice to see everyone wearing a mask. It's kind of a relief. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like the best at it. I lose my mask all the time and nobody's Mm -hmm. like really that crazy scoldy or policing about it, which is like, like, I think it's a good balance. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's tough out there and everybody get that new booster they just announced get yeah they just approved it in canada which i was impressed by because we're usually very behind on that stuff so get that shit because now is the time now that all the things are back all of the international people are back doing that's right now's the time to there everyone's gonna get or it's already happening the big there's a big spike already happening but and I got stuck in that spike, and that was another delay <laughs> that happened. Oh, yeah, because you recently. thought you were just never going to get COVID. Yeah, I thought I was um, Neo. I thought I was the one. I thought I was chosen. <laughs> I thought they would study my blood and be like, how am I <laughs> I remember um, early in lockdown, you claimed that it was because of this like weed tincture you're taking every day. It is because day. of the weed tincture. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> sure. <laughs> The studies on weed tincture is, and I actually stopped taking tincture and started doing just vape, and that, and then it got me. So, oh my god, yeah! Now that you put it that way, (laughs) (laughs) this is all part of the study, though. Like, (laughs) I'm saying, look, the I knew I was at risk. I I knew it had been a certain amount of time between vaxes. Um, and that was like the sweet spot for me to get it. And I just was, you know, I, sh- I could have been more ca- careful. And I, I, yeah, I mean, but, and I'm a crazy person who pays attention to this shit really closely, but it's like, how can you do it forever? It's so hard. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You have to pace yourself, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Which you are not, but. 
No. Uh, but you're also like living your best life these days. I love oh, to see yeah. it. Thank you. <laughs> no, it is fantastic. I I need like to be amongst all of the fucked up germs and brain chemistry of the people or else I go insane. Like, you know, I had like a cushy office job. I couldn't at, from home and I couldn't. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. I just yeah, could not. Understandable. But yeah, I was, yeah, no, FlameCon was like less stressful for that reason of having masks everywhere. I also just like masks at comic shows in particular, because when you're stuck behind the table eight hours a day, yeah. you often get these like vacant stares you know, when you're zoning out or like you've weird <laughs> hiding, you can weird hide eye contact with people like, or they catch your resting face. Like I just find mm -hmm. wearing a mask gives you this amazing, like emotional barrier. Like you're a bit right. fortified and protected from the general public psychologically. Mm -hmm. And I think they are too. So I feel like it takes the pressure off of these like 10 million brief micro interactions you have with People t both tabling and attending who are socially inept fucking weirdos. <laughs> Which is a high percentage of the population at those things. I say I with stand. love. <laughs> I stand. So I, stand I was like, I think they're onto something. I love tabling with a mask on. It's great. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. What did you? Uh, what did you yeah. think of FlameCon? What like did I think of FlameCon? <laughs> so as a New York, as a New Yorker, yeah. as a New York, as a New Yorker, as a as a New Yorker, I can't do it. I can't do it. Any accent. <laughs> well, I should first give people context for all this. Like I, um, I put out a book this year and um, have been. People doing... haven't heard the episodes we've done with you. <laughs> Pardon? If people haven't heard the episodes we've done with you, they that's right. Yes. <laughs> But There's yeah, for the book, I've been hitting a couple of tour spots and I wanted to do FlameCon. Um, I'd never tabled or visited before, but had heard really good stuff about it over the years. Um, I think this is the second one they've done since the first lockdowns. Um, yeah, I, I did not go last year. No, but... But I, I went when it was in the West Village. I oh yeah, and you were saying it was very cool at the old venue. Yeah, but kind of packed okay so they had yeah. to do it um yeah it's it's weird to do a big con in the city these days so you end up this so this one was at the um the sheridan in times square yeah <laughs> which, <laughs> which is, is like roomy an inside it was like yeah i don't know i, I had some comfortable yeah. personal space <laughs> no no there's a lot i mean it, it it's like a fine venue, but it's just really strange because you're, you could just be any, like, you could be in Bethesda, Maryland. You could be in, like, fucking Connecticut. Like, it's like, there's, yeah, like, it has casino no vibes, like, yeah, no windows or clocks. Like, it could, like, I said, I remember turning yes. to either you or someone else being like, I have no, like, it could be 2 a.m. or 4 p.m. Like, right. you enter right. kind of a vortex space. For sure. <laughs> For sure. And yeah, it's um so it's kind of disappointing because it has no sense of um New Yorkness. Um right. and that makes me sad. Um yeah. because we have such important queer and comics 
in queer comics history. Yeah. And there were people representing New York. Like I was really yeah. happy to see Carlo Quisp and uh, Jen Camper. They were tabling cool. beside each other. And I always love what those two bring to a show, but you're right. Like yeah. um, as with a lot of shows, like it brings people from all over the country, even from Canada, um, like myself. Um, and I don't, I don't agree with their curation style, which is just first come, first serve, basically. Oh, that's crazy! Yeah, I don't think I've been warned about sense. that. And it felt like, uh, it felt like waiting to get like Beyonce tickets or something. Like I had yeah. my timer set, it's and silly. I think, I think it sold out or like filled up after like two minutes or something, and then people were stuck on the wait list. I, the one, the convention I kind of want to compare it to a bit about this point in particular is the. Printed matter sponsored, but they don't run it. It I for, I think they sponsor it. Uh, the St. Mark's Book Fair. Okay. Um, the St. Mark's Book Fair. This it it used to it it takes place outside when the weather is all right, but because we had so much uh, bad air quality. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, they, which I was also in town for. You what, sure a, what a hoot! <laughs> insane day um the the they did it indoors and they did it at the um what is it called like the it's like the 14th street or the 10th street community center it's a really cool like collectively run building um that does a lot of great community art events and um i thought it was a really well curated new yorky zine and comic fair um right there was like a really good mix. Of well, do you find local. though that sometimes the flip side is that if it's super curated, you're just seeing a lot of the same, the same. people's yeah. work that you always For see. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, and that's I did what happens with a lot of those, the printed. Yeah. Manager. Yeah. I liked at FlameCon that the opposite was true. It was just a total like random ass, grab bag of different artists <laughs> which sometimes <laughs> was to its detriment <laughs> but yeah um yeah. it was yeah it was just like a lot of people i'd never seen in my life before um which is kind of compelling for sure there is something really compelling about that and i th i think like a show like tcaf is a happy medium totally where they have like these lists where they tell people you know just you know we don't do repeats like table every other year, like for the most part. And like, I don't know. I think that's a better way to do stuff. Yeah. Um, when they rolled that out, it was a bit controversial because there is some of us, especially some of us Toronto people who just do it religiously like every year. But well, the, the then I stepped back that, and I was yeah. like, doing it every other year might be kind of good for like our mental health. <laughs> <laughs> to like you know just like take some time to make new work as opposed to just like being like oh guess i better throw my shit together again you know i also think it's like it's like it doesn't bar people from like having stuff on someone else's table it's like totally really that's very true wanted to put something out like it's it's just like yeah there's just a lot of people even just within the city of toronto or the city of new york that you know should like be cycled through but there should for 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 i do think it's important to like sh showcase locals and showcase the place you are in physically i think so um, too yeah 
Yeah. And there's there is something interesting about like such a hodgepodgey show being in Times Square. It kind of does conform to <laughs> Times Square. Like and, like even like those photos of you and me at oh, the in gift front of the shop. tourist shops. Yeah, no. No tourist vibes. You fit right like, in. And like maximalist like shit yeah. everywhere vibes. Every table these have always been present at comic shows, but in the last few years, I think because yeah. of limited table space, people now just build like up and up and up, turning right. their tables into little skyscrapers of like yes. <laughs> of displays. Yes. I'm not that organized, so I feel like I was one of the only people. And I just don't do shows <laughs> like that very often. So I think mine is one of the only tables that just had like neat little piles of things. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't even stand. You didn't have book stands. No, not my little fortress yeah. of like prints <laughs> and whatever, which look great. Like I think they're a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's fun. It's just like yeah, at a certain point, the cons should be providing them and the tables. I was <laughs> yes, yeah, they may as well. You know, um, I loved the person next to me. She had. Um, so much stuff built up vertically and then just a teeny tiny little hole for her face to be in almost like <laughs> almost like the lucy and peanuts like psychiatric yeah. help booth <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of booths like that there were a yeah lot of like totally that. i was like oh my god can i like ask you for advice before i buy some stuff <laughs> my god it's a setup so nuts um yeah yeah so i don't know I, I, it's like there's all this like give pull like you know and then we visited um my friend and mentor leopold masterson at his fucked up studio also like in the garment district midtown zone that was and so that special that that was close really by was. too it was a nice like, like antidote to the negative parts sure. of the weekend <laughs> i mean totally and like and like yeah like you know being like his work is so fucking maximal and insane. And like he tables on like, he'll, he'll like vend on the street with his crazy art and stuff sometimes. Like, Oh wow. Um, he'll do like jewelry, fine art jewelry shows. And then he'll do like literally outs outside on the high line or whatever. Like he'll, he'll, so he's like, he's like embraced that aspect of like being kind of in midtown too. And like, honestly, I came out of, flame con experience with a better perspective on midtown especially post covid and like along along eighth avenue um it's like so kind of like nice tourist vibes there it's not like brutal and it's and there's a lot of nice locals who are just working in these like weird weed shops and and fucked up porno shops are back and like you know it's like still kind of there <laughs> like, I love kind of I love a Times Square Renaissance <laughs> concept. That's so I think sick. it could be happening. Like I don't know. Like I it's just a theory, but when I walk or when I walk around there, I you know, I get my sandwich at my little Italian spot and like it's like a Oh new yeah, the Italian sandwich spot. we got was so good after Flame. I Con. like that spot. Yeah. Um Sarah Crow showed me that spot. Oh. Uh but yeah, it's like it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. And so I get that. But yeah, I wish there was like more of that deliberately incorporated into like the vibe of FlameCon. And then I wish that there was like better panels. I wish that there was like 
actual thought and time and money put into like good moderators and like like you know just like in actual interesting like historical analysis or like mm, yeah discussions um, it or seems like, like it's talks. yeah like i was chatting with someone about it and they were saying that they had done FlameCon every year and that it's definitely in a vibe of figuring out what it wants to be and who it's supposed to be for because yeah. my my big impression throughout the weekend and i mean i can't i can't speak to all of the work that was on display at the show because i was stuck behind the table for most of the weekend but i did do the rounds enough to kind of get the overall sense of things um and i don't know it was very like there was definitely some cool shit on display and a lot of like really talented people um mm -hmm. but the vibes were like a bit sanitized in a way i wasn't totally expecting um i always expect there to be a heavy presence of that um in because now we have a whole generation of artists and cartoonists who grew up on steven universe and like adventure time and stuff and also like heavy fan art vibes um but I don't know, it was a lot of kind of like hand-holdy, like not sexual work. Um, and this was kind of highlighted, like in contrast to that, one of the only people who had erotic artwork on display told me that he had the organizers come over to his table and ask him to put post-it notes over the explicit parts, like over Same the genitals, etc., and I was just like, this is a gay-ass comic show in New York. Like, what the fuck? And he was like, oh, they were trying to justify it by being like, oh, there might be kids around. I think I saw, like, three kids that whole weekend. Like, it was yeah. very much like an adult, not like adult show and that, like, everything should be sexy. But, I mean, I think it's important to have speaking to the point of curation and lack thereof um yeah. there just needs to be like a broad array of things on the menu you know like so i mean i even found right. i even felt that my table was like off compared to a lot of people's stuff like i would get kind of like nervous glances from people or they'd like laugh nervously to each other and then scurry off and i'm like meh my stuff isn't that spicy but maybe it is <laughs> yeah i mean at a certain point it's like if people are gonna be like curating stuff for kids then like have a section that for kids and like that's what teacalf like, does be yeah. its own little zone yeah and like let everyone else do what they want i don't like i don't know it's similar I feel like to F like fpx has similar censorship though too mm. Um, I it, could be wrong about that, but it's similar to like a museum vibe, though. Like, yeah. what are you gonna? I mean, I, I was about to say, what are you gonna do? Like, take all like the boobs out of the museum? Yeah. But there are people who want to do that, probably. There are people who <laughs> want to do that for sure. And why are we like as a queer fest, like capitulating to that type of um, fear? It's not yeah. even like if, if, it, 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 but know. it's it's moral panic times though. Like I oh, think, sure. um, I think it's an unenviable time to make 
pervy work. Um, I think people are scared of pushback and they're, and that's understandable, you know? Um, but I don't know. I think like if you, if your response is just to make kind of sanitized, like G rated stuff, you're kind of like letting the fascists win. I think, I don't know. That's how they let the terrorists win. That's right, Eric. If, yeah. if we don't allow them to show a dick in a titty, that's how the terrorists win. I think and they, so. They are, they are terrorists, you know? Yeah, um, they are. They are but terrorists. I mean, what I want to do, because um, I'm assuming next year they're going to do the same thing where it's just a first come, first serve um, mm-hmm. registration for exhibitors. I want to like rally all the like weirdest weirdos I can think of and just rally them all to apply to exhibit right. next year. Like, I think it'd be so cool just to have a big influx of freaks and faggots. Like I didn't go to the early years okay. of FlameCon, but I think they used to be pervier. Like they used to have like sponsorship from porn companies. Yes. I, yeah, totally. Like yeah. cockyboys.com or whatever. Um, yeah. And you can't escape in the West village like that. It was, I don't know. I know it was at a different venue too. I'm trying to remember because I, I only remember West Village, but I think it had another venue as well. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it, I think it just kept growing and growing and growing because like people really want spaces like this, and it's like, you know, it it's similar to to a lot of like festivals like this. Like, um, you know, there's ways that you can manage that, like the way that Brooklyn Art Book Fair does it is. They have timed entry, um, mm-hmm. so people get assigned allotted times to go, and it's still really crowded and crazy. But like timed entry, wow, that's interesting. It's kind of the way you have to do it at a certain point, um, because it's not like like it's like otherwise we'd all end up in this homogenized, sanitized Sheraton hotel in Times Square. <laughs> that's how you end up there if you totally. don't like like get creative and like work with other people to figure out like how to manage things and how to curate things um then that's what you fucking get and that's what we fucking deserve yeah and all we can do is try to like um feel good about being um amongst the chaos and rubble and bullshit um which was fun, but yeah, honestly, I felt, um, I felt more, I felt like there was more sexy stuff just around Eighth Avenue. <laughs> Seriously, Eighth <laughs> like... <laughs> ah, Avenue is less sanitized than FlameCon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying, and it, and it's coming, and it's coming back. And Paul Rubens' spirit is everywhere. Yes. Oh, yeah, she must live on. But yeah, I mean, if there's any, if there's any like freaky, pervy comics people listening to this, which I know you are, <laughs> you um, are. <laughs> go, go apply next year. I think it'd be so fun to have a bunch of us there. Um, I did decently well at the show. Like people do go there to buy stuff. Like I think it's worth Yeah. I think it's worth people's while to do it. Um, and I, I want to apply for a panel. Um, yo, that'd be great. Uh, I'm going to get me and, um, uh, me and, you know, Batty Hurst, my friend, uh, Naz, uh, who is a scholar of, um, 
in internet fandom, uh, we want to we want to do a panel. Ooh. So we're gonna figure that out too. I don't know. Yeah, we have to. It's like there's two options. There's like you infiltrate the existing festivals or you make your own festivals. And I definitely I just think love this one's so easy to infiltrate oh, since yeah. it's first come first <laughs> serve. I yeah. think that's so. No, you're funny. right. You're right. And I think you're this right. past year, unfortunately, just a lot of the like G-rated nerds were the first ones to click apply. You know. Well- Okay, and I don't I do want to hate on them because, as I said, like right. I'm very happy to see that stuff there. But when it's all you're seeing, I'm just I like, bought oh my keychains from someone who looked like a child. <laughs> you bought what? Keychains from someone who looked oh, like yeah. a child, who was awesome, and um, I'll I'll remember their name and post it in the show notes for so- sure because they made the little you know um, plastic keychains of um, Sonic the Hedgehog fan art. And all of the Sonics like were dressed in Hot Topic clothes. Okay, that's awesome. Because Hot Topic is back, and the children love Hot Topic. And oh. like, I'm like that. This rules. I'm buying three of these. Like, oh. here's thirty dollars. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I have no I idea who you give are. Props. I forget this artist's name, which is awful. But um, I was fortunate enough to get a big titty mouse pad from someone tabling next to Kelsey Short. Um, where it's a big man titty mouse pad of one of the Dragon Ball Z characters. Imagine and it sits Boo. prominently Boo, right? on my desk <laughs> and is very comfortable. <laughs> we have to watch some Dragon Ball Z next time we're in the same room. I'm going to make you watch a bunch of Dragon Ball Z. Oh, I watched that constantly as a kid, but it was like the censored North American version where sure. they they don't show any blood, so it just looks like they're spitting a lot. That's so and then they don't show violence either, so they're just taunting each other for like seven episodes at a time. Well, but yeah, maybe that's guess, how the original was I too. Mean, it I don't is know. Kind of like that. It is kind of like it. Fights take a really long time, but there's certain arcs that are really good. Uh, they were the paid Android by the minute for sure. <laughs> oh, big time. Um, we could just watch AMVs. Let's just watch a bunch of AMVs. It'll be yeah, that sounds thing. better. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So I also wanted to compare and contrast uh, FlameCon with my experiences at Queer Trans Zine Fair. Yes, I couldn't Rhode make Island. it, but that looked fucking awesome. Tell me about it. Queer Trans Zine Fair is the best festival, hands oh. down. It's the best one. It's so great. All the people who run it are um, a collective called Bench Press. Um, Tycho Horan, um, Chris Lee. Uh, Mill- there's like so many of them. Uh, it, it, there's like a huge team. It's like a dozen people. And um, everybody like puts so much into it. They're able to like fundraise to like help people with travel stipends. You know, they don't charge for tables. They, wow, it's outdoors um, under like canopies at this like cool steel yard place where they have their press. Um, there's food, they feed everybody. Um, you know, and this is just a bunch of like fucking queerdo, weirdo freakos, uh, like a dozen of them put their brains together and their care and their time and they're able to provide all of that for all the, for their exhibitors whereas like a con like like flame con of if you do the math if you, it's not that hard to do the math 
of what the table fees are, what the entrance fees are. SPX too, SPX too, what the table fees are, what the entrance fee is, mm-hmm. um, the um, amount of money they get from sponsors, the amount of money that they get, you know, that it costs to rent a spot like that. Like, you know, if, if any of their books were even slightly transparent, um, you'd see what a fucking joke it is that they can't do stuff like give everybody fucking bottles of water, some food, some fucking coffee, like fuck. Like it's not that hard. Flame you know, had water, but not so much with the snacks or coffee. Coffee would have been lovely. Although it gave me an opportunity to do my uh oh, your favorite thing to pret a manger. <laughs> I think I had pret like two or three times a day that weekend. Oh. I felt like I felt like uh I don't know, like number one. Can I customer. tell you about my my, my culinary <laughs> woes in Maryland? Hmm? When me and when me and April when me and April got off the Amtrak in Maryland, um, on our you know to go to SBX, um, we were so fucking zonked because we were on like a five a.m. train, and I also I was at the strip club all night. Um, that's right. One of my favorite poster jobs ever for this. Eric, that's so yeah. Tell tell us about it. Sorry. Yeah. No. Um, this is for this event in New York that happened. Um. My sense of time is whack last week, I guess. Um, sure was. Called All Dolled Up, organized by this party guy who runs the Hunter parties, but he worked with this trans performer, Ruby, to put together like a conceptual, like all night, all trans strip club. Because I guess New York doesn't hire trans girls to be strippers at most of their clubs, if any of them. Yeah, a lot of clubs have straight, like, tried to ban. Yeah, girls. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was fun. very I was stoked to work on it. Um is like a very cool idea and they let me go pretty wild with the design. Um and I think they also positioned it to start at Fashion Week as like an event that's like less stuffy and like anxiety yeah. inducing. <laughs> oh, it was so um, nice. It was like it was so You got nice. to go like to a- it. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. was it like? Um yeah, I I was there like the whole, like almost the whole time. Like Hell I was yeah. just like, um, cause my thought was like, oh, I have this 5 a.m. train. So I guess I'll just stay out all night. And also go. that's so you and so us to like do the trans strip club one night and then SPX the next morning. That's like. <laughs> <laughs> I had a day in between. I had a day in between. Okay. Uh, okay. But <laughs> it was like... Still though, you know, all in a weekend's work. <laughs> I would have loved to go. I wish I could have come to town for the party. I uh, the party was really um really sweet and there was a lot of like family reuniony moments of like um people from a lot of like my friends from nightlife that I've known for like over a decade are like also strippers, like are also dancers in some way or bartenders um or sex workers um in whatever way. Mm-hmm. And it was cool to see so many of them that night. Um like uh and everybody there to 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 celebrate and like they're with like some of my like cis girlfriends and they're always getting mistaken for being trans and we were like kind of talking about that a little bit yeah and i was like i was like dude honestly i don't you know 
y'all like been so like ride or die for us for so long and like you get clocked like the wrong way all the time i'm like i don't care you're in the umbrella like i don't yeah, care. say yeah no <laughs> <laughs> and they're like yeah i think it's an honor like they're like yeah yeah totally <laughs> i have a friend here like that as well we're like yeah she's totally part of the gang <laughs> um it, it, yeah it's, it reminds me of that um really cool book by maddie oh my god i keep forgetting her name i'm gonna look it up um called nobody passes i think about that um, it's like an anthology essay series um, that I always recommend. On, I've recommended it on this show before. Um, but yeah, it's just about like gender essentialism and like overly policing of identities and oh, wow. all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I had such a great time. Um, it it was cool to see like a variety of different type of dancers, like less experienced dancers um, and like super acrobatic dancers. Like it was oh, like, that's total, so great. Total I mean, I'm glad, I'm so glad to hear that too, because like I knew, I knew the organizer guy a little bit, but I did go into the poster job kind of blind. Like I was like, Oh, mm. I hope, I hope this event is cool. Like, and not to like not douchey or whatever and it sounds right. like sounds like it was really solid so yeah i was worried at first because it's in these like this part of bushwick where there's all these like kind of like rent a warehouse parties right and they could be like so stringent and strange and i was like what's the deal with this list like there everyone has to use this dumb app i hate all those apps Ew. i don't use them yeah. <laughs> i hate i hate like going to like the really popular clubs because it's just like a nightmare and it feels dehumanizing and like it doesn't feel like i'm in my neighborhood it feels like yeah i'm it feels like i'm a tourist in my own neighborhood and or like something and i just i don't feel welcome um so i didn't i don't like that vibe at first but when i when we actually got there like we knew we'd probably be fine because like me and my friends know like every door person in the city. <laughs> like at the at the queer places not yeah, yeah. Queer. it sounds like the people made it good which is yeah. always kind of the dream yeah so the, the the angel door people were just like you're in a look you you're amazing don't worry about it come right in yes. like you know it's like cool god i was worried like even we like knew people on the bill and like nobody knew what was really going on like but like yeah because it's uh, it's also like fashion weeky bullshit and that can be so gatekeepy too and like Honestly, well, it, the Gautier people did show up and Carrie Colby did show up. Oh, um, that's so funny. <laughs> and I have this little video of Carrie Colby um, watching Amanda Lepore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did have to, uh, I had a little like fangirl moment because on when the poster got shared around on Instagram, Amanda Lepore reposted it and I was just like, that's neat. I don't know. It I is was neat. very, I was very chuffed to see it. You're, you're part of the history. You're <laughs> part of the history. Whoops, we're immortal. Oh no. Uh oh. oh no. <laughs> there used to be this great male strip club in Toronto called Wem called Remington's. Um, that mm. was like t three levels, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is before my time, uh, like in the mid two thousands. But these friends of mine used to throw a party there called Mustache where they took up 
a floor of the strip club and it would just be like an amateur strip night where like friends could hop on the poles and they'd like they always had like a good group of people who went and it was apparently just like really like fun and messy um those spaces are very cool and important they can be there's like a dark side to them for For sure sure. but and i think the party kind of it sounds like the all dolled up party was trying to acknowledge the darker side of it too both sides yeah yeah it was definitely (laughs) like very contemporary there was a lot of like contemporary projection artwork Mm -hmm. and like there's very contemporary djing happening the amount of new metal that played like gave me so much gender euphoria i had to like (sighs) i had to like sit down i had to be (laughs) you're getting a little lightheaded that's amazing it's your time crazy 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 (laughs) um i loved that um but yeah it was a great show and i'm gonna talk more about this with um my good friend jen um who is gonna be on the podcast while they're in town um hopefully next week that'll be like next week's episode because jen and i attended together and oh wicked we used to run the uh disclaimer gallery together uh uh engine uh has done a lot of really great sex worker outreach and um uh work and zines that we can talk more about like yeah the political like ramifications of a lot Mm -hmm. of oh i'll be so curious to hear that um but yeah, to get back to festivals, because oh, yeah. you know you, you hopped from you one go, event to another one over to, to the other. <laughs> Getting on my fucking Amtrak, which I do want to sidebar. The fucking new Moynihan train hall is a fucking nightmare. Oh. It's awful. It's dehumanizing. Compare it to the the Baltimore Penn Station. The Baltimore Penn Station is so delightful, so chill beautiful benches that anybody can use, and nobody's a psychopath about it. Um, there's no benches at the Moynihan train hall unless you ha- are a ticket holder. Um, and uh, the station fully closes. And uh, so like people are just like stuck waiting outside because it doesn't, it opens at 5 a.m. And then the first train is 5.15. So there's all these people like stuck out in the rain or in the heat um, oh, no. waiting to get in um, because they, because they're so anti-homeless and hostile to human life because it's run by the feds. It's not run by the city as part of it. Woof. Um, it's just, yeah. So fuck, fuck the fucking Moynihan train hall, but otherwise loved taking the train, loved taking the train I way the better train. than taking an airplane airplane. Um, and better than driving to less, less stressful. For yeah. Sure. You can kind of like, turn part of your brain off i always love just seeing the landscape whiz by oh so nice so beautiful i mean i grew up off the the hudson line which is one of the most beautiful train rides in the country probably wow um, oh. we're gonna do that in the fall eric <laughs> yeah i gotta get my shit together so i can come back we're gonna do our our long our long prophesized art and labor upstate episode <laughs> we've been wanting to do forever Um, (laughs) what we talk about like the political ramifications of like the foliage 
Like, oh, big time. That's a huge topic. That's Are you kidding me? That's a huge topic. Okay. All right. <laughs> you have no idea, bitch. You have no idea. <laughs> Toronto, bitch, you don't know anything. I don't know what I'm getting myself into. I'm so curious now. <laughs> but There's yeah, a whole you had this. You had this scenic, gorgeous train ride that took you to the hotel. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. The, I, I was going to tell you my culinary story. My oh. culinary story about um, being in the Bethesda train station uh, was I was with April, our friend April Malik, who does amazing food zines and yes, like uh, love comics April and stuff. We love April, um, an incredible artist. Uh, and so <laughs> April was like, let's get. Let's get pumpkin spice lattes. Yes. At the Dunkin' Donuts. Ooh. And like, how is it from Dunkin'? Good? <laughs> oh my God. Eric, it's so fucked up. Like, it's so fucked up. So, like, I went, I'm I'm literally a barista. I know how to order a cup of coffee. <laughs> like, so I go up and I'm like, they they don't actually have pumpkin spice lattes. Like, they have pumpkin spice iced coffee oh that's what they have it listed as on, on the menu maybe and pumpkin spice latte is like cornered by starbucks yeah i think kind of probably maybe i'm wrong but the menu that i was looking at i'm like okay I, pumpkin like a, a shot of pumpkin in, in the co- iced coffee sounds great yeah so i'm like so i'm like sure pumpkin iced coffee please one with regular milk one with oat milk thank you and when I got the receipt, it was like a mile long. And it was like <laughs> what? It was like two two pumps pumpkin, two pumps hazelnut, two pumps spice or something. Like in each. In each. Oh wow. Mm. You're selling me on it. That sounds <laughs> Nuts! It was so gross. I mean, it was like I drank most of it, but like I was like losing my mind. Basically, I was like out on drugs at the strip club all night, and then I get to, and then I get, I sleep on the train a little bit, and then I have this. This fucked me up so much more than anything I had been doing, you know, up until that. It fucked me up so much. It was. Oh my god! Awesome. I need to get a hit of that. No, no they're also stay away. That they advertised. I think they debut it this week. This collaboration between the rapper Ice Spice and Duncan. Oh no, <laughs> dude! It's poison. They're poisoning us. They're poisoning us. It's crazy. Um, I always and then- get it when I visit. Though we used to have Dunkin' Donuts in Canada. I feel like there's probably a couple, but I never see them anywhere. I mean, your Timmy's shit is like just as bad. The double double shit. Yeah, that's Timmy's awful. is worse than Duncan. <laughs> I mean, because Timmy's both got bad. bought out by some international corporation, and everything just totally went to shit. It's devastating. Oh, I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah, thank you. It's bad. I, I, and then the worst, the worst thing, Eric was, I was like, oh, I'll just get like a little bagel here, I guess, because this is the food court. And then we go upstairs to get on the subway, and there's a fucking pret. Oh, and I could have had Pret, Eric. I could have had oh. Pret. I could you should have just had it thrown all. your stuff in the garbage and go. I already and ate it. Good stuff. Well, <laughs> so you have to you have to open your Google Map whenever you go somewhere new and see where the nearest <laughs> Pret is. That's what I do. 
when I was in Philadelphia for 24 hours for a book launch, that was the first thing I did. I was like, sightseeing? I don't think so. I'm going to find a Pratt and sit I down. Damn it. <laughs> they really, okay, I need have to you reiterate. Ever discussed, have you ever discussed on the podcast um, your vision for Pratt? I was just going to bring that up revolution. again because, be, yeah, no, because we did that. That was a bit that that me and Lucia did on the podcast. Oh, okay, when that when one. we were doing this was years ago. We were doing episodes like kind of about Chelsea and like like we did one where we actually like did a walk through Chelsea Market and oh. stuff. So it might have been that episode or like around then. Because, like, I was talking about how I used to work for Art Forum and like there was a pret on the bottom floor of the Art Forum where Art Forum's offices were. So I'd eat Pret every day and I started like to think like my job should just reimburse me for my Pret. Like, <laughs> and, sure. and then, yeah. and then I was like, wait, everybody should just get free Pret. Pret should be like the cafe, the communist cafeteria. And like, <laughs> we should have a four, it should be like, you know, for, for now it should be a four day week work week. And then one or two of those shifts are you work at Pret. And yes, then the you communal get shift. <laughs> Yes, the communal shift at Pret, and then you get also get free Pret every other day, too. So I would I would do that right now. That's such a good deal. I think it'd be really good. I think it would do. I think it would be really good. And like part of it is like you know the farm workers that like make the Pret, like like you maybe you could do a shift there if you want to or whatever. Oh yeah, they have they have a couple of pilot Pret locations in Toronto, but they share. They share a roof with A and W, so it's like uh -huh. a burger place slash pret. People, That's psycho. yeah, it's like getting a lot of hate, and people are calling it a flop. And I hate that because it's going to ruin <laughs> it for Eric. all of us. And the pilot project is not going to continue. So <laughs> I am doing my due diligence and trying Dude, to support. Can someone send this to some psychopath marketing executive who like works for these big food conglomerates that like have no soul or whatever and just like be like look at these fucked up artist faggots who are talking about pret so much why don't you yeah, hire I them wanna, to do a I marketing a sponsorship. that's what this is all going towards <laughs> <laughs> i love how we're like so like critical of like the non-communal practices of the, the festivals and we're like we love pret but no it. one does a ham and cheese baguette like they do. It's <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. God. Back to what were we talking about? Oh we were yeah. We're talking about SPX. fucking and SPX. And like as my my joke with X, SPX is honestly like not that different from FlameCon. It's like kind of the same thing. Hmm. I don't know. It, maybe it's it's slightly elevated. Maybe, but I don't know. It's similarly like like insipid i don't know i was joking with my friends i was like i was like it'd be really cool if there was like a section of the festival where all the good comics are Ooh. and it's like this section of the festival <laughs> where the good stuff is like i'm just like i'm tired of like like drawing a little pirate map all over the place to find my like dozen of people that i want to see and then like yeah. just all this crap in between that is like i don't need to i don't i don't need all wanna, the great things you might discover on the way <laughs> I guess that did happen. I will say that did happen. That's I'm going to shout out. Those are the best parts of those shows is just being like, oh, who the hell are you? This is amazing. Okay, I'm going to shout out um, this uh, really cool comic called Heel Turn, and it is a uh, luchadore 
uh, Yaoi Porno, and it's very good. Ooh. It's very, very good, and it's by an artist named Nero uh, Villagos O'Reilly. And that person was great and looked just like any of my other Bushwick siblings <laughs> who I've never met before. Um, <laughs> and You're uh, like, wait, Mandela effect, are we friends already? <laughs> <laughs> we are, actually. No, yeah. <laughs> um, so one thing that has become like an actual point of discussion, which was like a joke I did on Twitter, but it's of course real because nothing is a joke and irony is fake is mm -hmm. um, an erotic arts category at SPX Ignats awards or a bootleg Ooh. ceremony called the Ignats or honestly. Um, yes. That, I love that. I wanted to call it the, the distinguished Fujoshi prize. Is what I <laughs> <laughs> but we're starting a council to figure that out next year i think um that's a, honestly like yeah unironically that is a wonderful sure. idea yeah um because i feel like a decade ago a decade ago i felt it was a really great like watershed moment for erotic comics um mm -hmm. Like, Massive was translating Gangoro Tagame's stuff into English. He was, like, the mm -hmm. featured guest at TCAF in 2014, which is something I can't picture happening now in the current, like, cultural climate. And he also yeah. had, um, yeah. like, Ryan Sands doing the Thickness anthology, which really... Those were really important. Those were really Yeah, important. they had a lot of work yeah. that really inspired me as a little baby. Yeah. Me too. Um, so it'd be great to have some kind of external nudge to get more people to make work like that. People, well, the thing is with SPX is that like probably like every third table was erotic in the, or like had erotic art on it. There was like a shitload. I missed it. There was a shitload of really, really good erotic art at SPX. Huh. And um, like enough really good queer and trans stories and things that weren't necessarily erotic, but like most the kind of most of them were um, that I feel like there, it does justify having like a, a particular care and critical eye on the erotic arts. Cool. Um, I mean, they, my vibe with work is always like, <laughs> make work that excites you and then people get a sense of that and what's more exciting than horny work you know so as a result <laughs> erotic yeah. comics even if they're like technically not well done i can still see i can still see like the energy and excitement that goes into it like it's so fucking cool and i love seeing that corner of people's brains put on display it's, so, it's great it's brave it's vulnerable for it's sure. Passionate. Um, and it's way, way more interesting to me. And most of the shit I got was erotic art. Like, not gonna lie. Um, so are you saying SPX I was sexier than FlameCon? That's so depressing. Sorry, but kind of low key. Yeah, sounds like um, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you and Kelsey and who else was there at FlameCon who was really sexy? Um, this artist that does like VHS work that I really like called uh, Master House or something like that, but was like without the E, um, had some really sexy like Polaroid zines. Ooh, um, nice. That, that was at FlameCon. Um, 
Carrie Peach had her um, erotic DBZ fan art along with her other comics, mm. which was cool. <laughs> and she was at SPX too, and like so was Kelsey, and you would have been if you w- weren't too tired, Diva. Shove. Um. I'm <laughs> <laughs> No, I was I would listen. I no. um developed a bit of burnout from doing all these doing all of your own press events. for yeah, totally. <laughs> I get it. Don't worry you about know, it. You know, it was a lot of travel, a lot of like short-term travel and coming back. Um and then also I am like I'm kind of pulling off doing full-time freelance work at home but it just means that I'm like always busy and like I'm lucky because the projects are all really interesting right now um but it's such that I, I I don't know this past weekend I couldn't have imagined just like going out of town for a few days it would have been nuts for sure for sure. But I regret it. Like, I've always had a bit of a complex about SPX because I've never been in my life. And I know for a lot of cartoonists, especially in their younger years, it's a very, like, formative one where they've, like, yeah. met their community and, like, all stayed in the hotel together. Um, so I always kind of had this feeling like I missed my moment to, like, have that connection with the festival. And now I feel like I'm already, like... Well, you could just be a freak like me. No, no, no. You do you do it the way I've been doing it since like 2011, where you just stay in Baltimore, where there's actual nightlife and actual interesting shit to do, and then you just go to SPX for one of the days during the day. Oh, <laughs> yeah, out. that sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I like you know I like hotel stuff too. I mean, you know, I was anime convention pilled as a, a young tween and. I like stuff like that too. So yeah, totally. Wrong. Um, but yeah, I guess other any final thoughts on these, on these festival on the festival circuit opening back <laughs> up again? Jeez. Yeah, no, they're really moment. back this year. I mean, I feel the sense was that this year, like earlier this year, that TCAF felt a little closer to its pre-lockdown self. And that might be true of other shows too. Like they're kind of like, they're kind of adjusting to the post, the post lockdown configuration of things. Um, Yeah. Not necessarily getting better in terms of like masking and stuff, but maybe not getting better in other crucial ways that you all were kind of addressing in the years leading up to COVID, you know? Like the festival workers stuff? The festival workers stuff with transparency. Yeah. How these festivals are run, how much money is raised, where the money goes, and how these things are curated. Um, And, yeah, uh, eliminating eliminating the strain that it puts on artists. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. all that, all that, all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, and I mean, I think the shows are also, from what we've talked about, feel representative of a more broad cultural vibe of yeah, being people feeling like nervous to make more subversive or like sexy work. But then, by the same token, I think there's more people who want to explore that right now because it's been kind of a barren landscape for that the past few years. So it seems like there's potential for us to see more challenging, like interesting work in the world. And I just like hope 
I hope there's enough of us to like keep nudging people in that direction, even though it might seem scary sometimes. No, it's happening. I mean, there's like other orgs that have like taken the mint. Like there's the the cartoonist cooperative. Um, right. Yeah. That are doing like interesting work. And I got to meet some of the organizers and hopefully we'll talk to them soon about how their take on, on the landscape of things. Um, yeah. I, you know, I made the me and Sessa England and a bunch of other people like mostly comics people like made the further affinity anthology in like 2015 um, about, you know, embracing erotic art and doing pornography for commissions work, you know, and yes. how it can be lucrative and like in it's not something to be ashamed of and like you know a lot of people have this like deviant art past that they're embarrassed of but it's actually incredibly cool do we ever <laughs> mine is still <laughs> active because i forget the login and i can't right. so i can't log in and get rid of it but it's under Don't. an obscure enough name that i think only one of my friends has ever found it um Oh, that's if you're okay. if you're Homework. good and promise not to share it, maybe I'll send it to you. But maybe Eric, I won't. I can't promise that I'll be good. No, yeah, I, I don't trust you. <laughs> I do not trust you. <laughs> that's fine, <laughs> and it's fair, <laughs> and I'm sorry. Um, but I do have my new project. Um, in my personal work. Which is, I got my first tattoo. Um, Congratulations. That's wild really to me fun. that you haven't had one before now. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm a strange one. I'm always like a, you know, around at the stick and poke parties, but don't partake. I'm a very, it took me a long time to be comfortable with myself enough to do a lot of things in my life. And uh, transition helped a lot. So now I want to do a full sleeve um oh my God, of yes. my friends deviant art drawings from when they were teenagers. <gasps> so I do want one of yours eventually. You can pick. <laughs> like you don't have to show you don't or, or you can you can show them to me like like on like I don't know uh, it with uh, but I don't know in in some other way. If you want to put them in like a little flash sheet for me, and I'll, I would totally pay you for one. Oh my god, yeah. I'm like speechless. That's the wildest idea I've ever heard. I love it. Right? It's uh, yeah. Like I mean, beautiful. Who else? Who else could do that? Who else could pull that off? But me. Literally, no one. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm already that's like. Why you, that's why you held off so long. Is that once you opened the door? Um, craziness ensue <laughs> my my third eye really had to open totally for yeah. me to get to the this point and I, yeah i think it's gonna be really nice like uh people i've already like looked at, uh, there's like a few that i've already like requested like our friend linda felcher did these amazing drawings of like lilu and the blue lady whatever her name is from fifth element like oh, in crayon <gasps> i would love to see that <laughs> in crayon like as like an elementary school kid like oh one of those on my arms so y'all were drawing cooler <laughs> shit than i was as a kid i was just doing witchblade fan art that's cool <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking sick 
Yeah, I was a moderator on the Aspen Comics forums as a teenager. Oh. I was such a Michael Turner head. I loved oh him. R.I.P. Jesus Christ. We, <laughs> I love this history. I think it's important, and I think it's cool, and I'll wear it with pride on my arm forever. I mean, it's really um, my vibe with tattoos. People are always like, oh, won't you be embarrassed by your tattoo years later? And I'm like, no, because it kind of, I like honor the cringe of an old tattoo. And yes. I feel like you are just like jumping right into that in a really beautiful way. Oh, I'm so ready for oh. my new lifestyle as a tatted <laughs> up uh, man. I'm a man now, I decided. Um, yeah, it's cutie. Um, anything else? God, I feel like we hit all of our little points we wanted to hit. Yeah. Do you have any, you have, are there any, like, are, are you doing any shows coming up? I am. You want people to know Thank about? Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing a show on, uh, the 21st next week. It's a local show, um, for if people are in the city, it's a variety show. And, uh, you can follow you you know where to follow me if you want info about that um i'm going to be doing a, a number um and then kind of like co-hosting like i'm, I'm going to be seeing be like the sidekick i'm going to be like the sidekick of the show of <laughs> <laughs> my friend nick is going to be the main host and um, I'm really excited. The bill is coming together and will be finalized tomorrow. Whoa, um, exciting. So yeah, that's what I'm working on. I'm also really, I want, yeah, I should, maybe I should announce this on the pod. I, I'm very honored to say that I'm working on the, um, the intro to the new edition of Eddie Adams's Pinky and Pepper Forever. Fuck yeah. That's, oh my God. Cool Congrats. That's, yeah. that's one of my favorite comics of the last like decade probably so important so yeah. incredible hits all hits all the different things we've been talking about this whole time mm -hmm. um yeah uh yeah i love comics i love zines and um i love our little community and like i can't get away i can't get away yeah there's, stick around there's no escape yeah, we're lucky to have you. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm I'm everybody's agent. Um, yes. Yeah, I feel like you are agent. We like talked about that a while ago, but really put it into action over the yes. summer. Like you yeah, you really kinda helped put our Queen's event together for the two AM book launch. Um and oh, you yeah. like co tabled with me at FlameCon, like yeah, no, you you are such a like help and great co-conspirator. I believe. I believe in arts. And, <laughs> um, and yeah, for me, no. oh, for me, I pleasantly don't have anything coming up because I have completed all of my book stuff. Um, well, excited but, to the, the mural. Yeah, I am working on a new mural for a new queer bar opening in my neighborhood next month um which i'm very excited about uh yeah when's murals the next are flop? pardon when's the next flop oh my god well our our august flop was our best one ever because a bunch of my <laughs> friends who never go out anymore came out and surprised me these wow. like nightlife divas from the 2010s 
uh, came out of retirement for the evening. Um, Honored. So I think we're in like an every other month vibe. Um, The whole ethos with that party is minimal effort on all fronts. We just want to do a Halloween bash. Ooh, yeah, we do have an October one in the books, so that would be fun. There you go. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, this was lovely. Thanks for catching up with me, Eric. I hope um, people support you and your work. Um, All the links to your various social medias will be in the the show notes, but you you want to tell the people again? Yeah, come say hey. Um, I am on Instagram a lot as eric.k.w. And I'm usually on Twitter tweeting about Kylie Minogue or expressing my disappointment in Roisin Murphy at Caustic Williams is my handle on there. (laughs) What do we think of the Kylie leaks? Go. Oh, yeah. Kylie leaks are happening as we speak. Um... I do not endorse leaks ever and uh, legally am not, I'm not looking at them, but I am. Um, They're fun. (laughs) I don't know. It won't be a top five album from her, but that's not to say it won't be a good album. I think tension is great. I love love tension video. It's very Um, reminiscent. We could do, uh, I mean, we don't this have to is just part two of the podcast now. Right, Kylie right, talk. right. Kylie talk. <laughs> Forget all that wrap-up business. <laughs> do you, how long do you want to go? Because we could pay all this if you want to. <laughs> no, we don't have to go on too Okay, long. okay, okay. No, and I want all the people to hear this, so no pay Yeah, fair, fair, fair. It's fair, too fair, important. Fair. It's no. too important. But Tension <laughs> reminds me a lot of 2000s UK pop I really liked years ago, mm-hmm. where this production, the songwriting comp- duo Xenomania used to write songs for Girls Aloud. And they would, mm. they had like a bank of songs. So they would just splice together different catchy bits from different songs in their archives. And they would mm-hmm. like make these Frankenstein songs for this girl group. Um, so they really played with, with song structure. And as a result, the lyrics would make no sense because it would be like lyrics from unrelated songs just smushed together. And the tension song kind of reminds me of that. Like, it's like, it's a couple (laughs) different vibes just smooshed all together, but it works. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And, and the video is about that too. Totally. And it's been a while. It's been a while since she's been like horny on the mic. Yeah, that's like cool. she's Love. she's like sensual. She's fun, but tension is like I'm at the club. I'm getting fingered like on the dance floor. It's insane. It, yeah. yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah, no, um, it's very unhinged. I am doing a poster for I don't know how many Toronto people listen to this, but I'm doing a poster and co-hosting an all Kylie party next month. Yes. At the Rivoli in Toronto. So come on out. Um oh we did one last year and it was like one of the best nights of my life. <laughs> uh, I'm sad. Yeah, I was traveling during the New York recent New York Kylie show. Would have been oh, nice yeah. to see. Um or participate. I have a Kylie number. God. You do. Yeah. I remember you sharing the audio with me and I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess 
I'll, I will, I'll post the AMV. I have an AMV of it now. It's very funny. Please. I had Joey, I had Joey change the lyrics to, uh, to come into my world to just say come over and over again. It's great. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Exciting! Exciting to to hear that out. When is it officially out? Isn't it like next week? Yeah, yeah, just over a week away. I feel like I've been okay. waiting for it forever. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a nice and yeah, sucks sucks about Roz Rosin or whatever. I've never fucking heard of her. <laughs> never heard of her in my life. Oh no, no. I mean, I actually I go way back with her, like further than Kylie. Actually, a lot of people do. Yeah, is what I'm um, learning. Like, when I was a teenager, one of my older coworkers um, introduced me to her music. She was kind of my like, she was kind of my like sensei into electronic music, and she showed me Roshin's mm. Overpowered album. Um, mm. And yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things where Roshin presumably has like so many cool queer people in her life. And I wish slash hope that she's having some conversations with them right now. I don't know. Doesn't seem that way. No, it doesn't. I don't know. And people keep joking and it's true that like, if things just keep on their current trajectory, her future shows are going to be full of the lamest people ever. Like, is this going to be filled with like actual like middle-aged turfs who don't even like her music? I don't know. Yeah. It's such a shame. I don't yeah. think she's a hateful person, but I think there's the risk of being further pilled into believing weird conspiratorial stuff, which becomes hateful. I don't know. No, it's true. It's it's really hard. Nobody's like really figured out how to like recapture somebody from the edge. Um, once somebody hits that edge, they just go. F- go for a full edge Lord about it. And uh, there's no real coming back. Like, um, like people don't really get canceled. Obviously, like it doesn't actually happen. They just like remake content for a more right word and right word audience. Yeah, and... no, like I don't think she's canceled. I think her fan base is just shifting for the worse. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and it's cool what a record label's doing. A record label seems cool, you know. Sure, yeah. It's just but it's a like, shame. She performed uh, in Toronto in 2016, and, like, every faggot I know was there. The show is yeah. so good. And I was just like, yeah, it's really, it's really a bummer. Like, she built her whole career off of her queer audience and is just, like turning her back on such a big part of that i don't know yeah i mean it took a lot for a lot of these pop stars to acknowledge that that's what they were doing you know they're in they're such fucking narcissists like freaks on another planet that like i think it i think there was like a reckoning with like people like even like yeah people like madonna and people like lady gaga and like Katy Perry does it in a really gross way. Taylor Swift does it in a really gross way. You know, just like being like, not like finally like capital hit that point where there was rainbow. Now there's rainbow capitalism and you have to acknowledge this now, you know? 
Right. And they didn't really before that. I mean, like, you know, Madonna did. Madonna really and, did. Like, that's something I'll always... And Cher did. Yeah. That's something I'll but, always give Madonna props for. For sure. But, I, you know, it, it, for it to, like, reach this kind of critical mass where we're at now, it's like... I feel like it was, like, difficult for many years. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. And I could see someone like Rosalind being, like... Like, he's not color Rosalind. I fucking know. I don't fucking know who she is. I don't. I couldn't name any of her songs. I don't know anything about her. And I know a lot about music. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. Give me Sinead any day. I don't need another Irish chick. I don't fucking need this. I don't need this. <laughs> I liked I liked uh this is like a merit point for Kylie like when the disco album was about to come out in 2020 um the British interviewer like asked her about trans women using washrooms and Kylie was just like yeah I reckon they should use whatever washroom they want can we talk about my album again like I was just like, oh, yeah, you can not be like a psycho weirdo about that shit. Like, truly, I right. don't know. It's really, yeah, it's not even like a big deal. <laughs> it's not even like a big deal at all. Yeah. <laughs> God, people, yeah, people go nuts for this stuff. Um, <laughs> they, their brains get all rewired. God, I'll tell you a story off mic about a misgendering that happened to me recently. Oh, great. <laughs> you don't want to share it with everyone? No. As a final thought, as a cute little final thought. No, you don't have to. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. It's just stupid. Okay. People people lose their minds um, about, about gender. They love it and hate it at the same time. <sighs> um, but, you know, I'm more, you know. I feel good. I feel good. Hell yeah. Uh, making we're making good art. We're distributing good art. We're doing the thing. And um it the podcast is suffering because of it, but you know, <laughs> that's a good that reason for it to too. suffer. <laughs> One of my favorite podcasts doesn't update anymore because the host is like pursuing more creative work of his own and I'm just like, do your thing, Queen. Like miss ya, yeah, but exactly. this is great. It's hard. It's hard because, you know, I can't, there's only so many things I can like fully give my brain attention to. Of course. It's like what I always say about full on polyamory. I'm just like, if I didn't have to live (laughs) under capitalism, I would totally have five boyfriends, but I just don't have time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I getcha. Okay, well, on that beautiful note. Yeah, let's actually wrap up, I guess. (laughs) Let's have fun out there. Thanks, everyone, for sticking with us at Art and Labor. You can support us on Patreon at Art and Labor Pod um, on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, bye. Bye. Let's have fun. Lots of fun. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. Lots of fun.